0: Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the podcast. Hopefully your guys' weekend was great. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to get to on today's edition of the show. Need to recap what we learned from the Toledo loss for BYU football, what I took away after rewatching the film, as well as some thoughts on Kalani Sitake. Also get to some comments from the post-game press conferences from Coach Sitake, Diane Gonwoleku, and Micah Simon as well to kind of tell the tale of this game for the Cougars and of course we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as today's podcast rolls on. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor on the podcast, Deseret First Credit Union. You guys have heard me talk about them in the past, but I want to mention one more time to you guys right now. Deseret First Credit Union is asking all of their members and everybody else in the community, what is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home to save some money and help fund that passion? project of yours. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and rates are still crazy low, guys, so now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. I don't think anybody out there listening to this podcast would disagree that keeping money in your pocket would be a bad thing. Desert First Credit Union has the right financial solution, the right refinancing, or the right mortgage loan for your financial situation. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you've got investment properties, you're buying your fifth or sixth home, whatever it is, they will make sure you're taken care of. So you can give them a call, 801-456-7070, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less, and they'll make sure you are taken care of, guys. Love Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued patronage of this podcast. want you guys to check it out. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why we show how. Of course, membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply equal housing lender and now with that out of the way let's get to it this is the locked on cougars podcast for september 30th 2019 What's up guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Lockdown Cougars, your resident BYU Insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Of course, Mondays are where we kind of look back at the weekend that was in BYU sports, particularly BYU football and Still disappointing. I'm still disappointed that BYU went and lost that game to Toledo. They had that game very much in control for a majority of the game. A critical interception thrown by Zach Wilson, which was compounded with his injury to the thumb on his throwing hand, which is going to keep him out for, quote, significant time, according to Kalani Sitake. And Just a disappointing game all the way around. I know normally I kind of run down things I liked and didn't like after re-watching the game, but I actually wanted to talk about something here that I took away after kind of thinking about this game and what it signifies for BYU and Kalani Sitake as a program. Now, any of you that have listened to this podcast for any length of time, and if you haven't, if you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. Thanks again for downloading the show. Hopefully it becomes part of your daily repertoire to listen to this podcast, but I've been a big advocate for extending Kalani Sitake's co- contract, and I will freely admit that. Any of you guys that have listened to this show know how much of an advocate I have been. I think that he is the right guy for the job at BYU, considering the talent pool, the the pool of talent that BYU can draw from—guys who are active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, are high-level Division One coaches or coordinators, and frankly have interest in being a head coach at BYU with all the restrictions that it requires. I've been an advocate of that for Kalani Sitake. I've been advocating that for quite some time now, but I have to say after this latest loss, I kind of feel like a fool. Uh, to be to be honest with you guys, I feel like a fool for being such an advocate of that because I felt like BYU was going to turn the corner this year in the fourth year under Kalani Sitake's tenure. Uh, I felt like this program had grown up. He finally has the majority of the recruits in the program are guys that he has recruited, he and his staff, since showing up to BYU four years ago. and Coming out of this game, I kind of feel like a fool for being so gung-ho and so out there about, hey, you need to extend Kalani now. Give him that contract extension. Make sure you take care of him to help with recruiting. This loss to Toledo was a major, major step backwards. We've talked about BYU making steps forward and sometimes losing us, going, let's say, two steps forward, one step back. I feel like this loss to Toledo was four steps back for BYU. This was a team that BYU should have gone and won against. And I don't want to take anything away from Toledo. Let's be clear about that. Toledo's a team that's averaged 9 wins under Jason Candle. They are a winning program there in the MAC. They've done great things. Of course, they came to BYU a few years ago and lost in a 55 to 53 overtime thriller. So they're not there's no slouch of a program. But this was a game that BYU had in control, had opportunities to go out and win it. They moved the ball at will for the most part. They rolled up 450 plus yards and and I felt like BYU should have won this game, but then they go and make losing plays, make critical errors in critical situations, false starts. I talked about this on Saturday's special recap edition of the podcast. You can go back and listen to it. I ran it and raved for 22 minutes about that loss to Toledo for BYU. But I looked at this game, rewatching the film, and I came away thinking, wow. Kalani Satake, I'm not sure that they should extend him at this point. And I'm not saying that an extension won't get done at some point and it won't be done for X number of reasons. I'm just saying now, I feel like BYU maybe is right. Maybe Tom Homo was right to sit back and say, you know what, Kalani, you're going to have to earn this extension. I've been very vocal. I've been very out there about being about saying that BYU's administration, Tom Homo in particular, should extend Kalani, make sure he's taken care of for the good of the program, to make sure that everybody in terms of recruiting is taken care of. You have athletes who can't you can't have BYU getting recruited against, to have that negative recruiting saying, Well, they haven't extended that coach, son, if so if you come here, we you know your head coach is gonna be here, et cetera. You can't have that. I, as, as a BYU football program. But I feel like this loss to Toledo just kind of epitomized why the people that don't want to see Kalani Sitake extended, that, I think it epitomized their argument. BYU, they seem to play up and down to the level of their competition unless they're thoroughly outclassed, like a team like Washington who is head and shoulders better than BYU. Same with the University of Utah. BYU had that game in hand. I felt like they had a good chance to go beat Toledo. They make losing plays down the stretch and lose the game. Not to mention, Zach Wilson is now going to be out for quite some time. In um, talking with some people, there's concerns about both bone and ligament damage in that thumb for him. Of course, we'll bring you any information that comes out about that, anything I hear definitively. But talking to some people around the football program, they feel like there's b- potential for both bone and ligament damage. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he probably went under, underwent an MRI either Saturday or yesterday or maybe the latest today to kind of confirm the damage in there and what the next steps are in terms of the injury. But now it's it's Jaron Hall's turn as the starting quarterback for BYU for it uh, looks like a good chunk of time here, I would guess at least this month of October. Granted, BYU only has two games this month. They have a bye week this week, and then they have a bye week at the end of the month, uh, sandwiching a, a road game at South Florida and a home game against Boise State. But I feel like at this point... Kalani Satake, he's got to go out and earn it. I've been very very much an advocate of extending Kalani Satake, and I'm changing my tune today. I felt like that loss to Toledo really made me kind of feel like, you know what, you've kind of been a fool for being out there so heavily in favor of... of Kalani Satake getting this extension I think he needs to go out and earn it and if, he, if you have to pay a little bit more if he does earn it let's say next season when that contract expires etc to pay more to keep him on board so be it but at that point you feel like okay he actually did go prove it I just feel like a loss like this to Toledo kind of epitomizes Kalani Satake's tenure at BYU where it seems like BYU under him either plays up or down to the level of their competition and like I said I don't want to take anything away way from Toledo because they're a winning program but it's just a devastating loss if you're a BYU football fan cuz it just it makes you feel like you know what maybe this program can't become that consistent program quite yet, and you'd like to see that consistency at some point. It's been almost four years. We're in the fourth year of Kalani Sitake's tenure, and we still haven't seen that consistency. Maybe we see it down the stretch of this season, but a tough loss all the way around for BYU, and I figured I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about big picture rather than kind of narrowing in on Toledo per se, but I feel like there were some standout players in this game, no doubt, but overall, just another tough loss a gut punch loss for BYU all right get, we'll get to some of the post game sound some of the comments from players and coaches after that game come up here in just a minute before we do that though, reminder that vivid seats is here to help you make a memory that lasts a lifetime let the vivid seats app help you get to your favorite live event remember enter the promo code kickoff when you use the vivid seats app at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100 All right, let's get to some of the sound from BYU in the post game of the Toledo loss. Kalani Satake opened up his comments talking about the injury to Zach Wilson that he suffered after he threw the interception late in that game that became the game-winning score for the Toledo Rockets. Uh, like I said in the first segment, if you if you missed that, there's concern about both bone and ligament damage in that thumb for Zach Wilson. And if Drew Brees is any type of a template for what the return might be for Zach Wilson, because Drew Brees is dealing with thumb surgery. And he was originally thought to be out four to six weeks. It sounds like it's been extended out to six to eight weeks. Of course, the college football season is a lot shorter than the NFL season by almost a full month. So we're looking if Zach Wilson has significant damage in that thumb. We could be looking at maybe up to a season-ending injury. Of course, we'll bring you any information that comes, to, comes with regards to that. But here was Kalani Satake's comments after BYU's loss to Toledo about the injury to Zach Wilson. Probably going to be out for a little bit, and uh, how long that is is, is uh, we still have to evaluate it and get some more um, opinions on it and everything. But yeah, so that's we'll have to be ready for that. There you go, and I like I said, I'm expecting they've probably already done an MRI, or they'll do that MRI to really confirm the damage to the throwing hand of Zach Wilson by today. I would expect it's probably already done. Of course, if we hear anything or I get any information that's passed my way, we'll make sure to bring it to you right here on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Now, Jaron Hall takes over as the starting quarterback for BYU. Kalani Satake was asked after the game about him entering the game in that last minute drive, and I felt like Jaron Hall actually didn't look out of place. He came in and was very steady. Of course, his throw to the end zone on that Hail Mary attempt, just out of bounds. Talon Shumway couldn't haul it in, but you understand hey this guy kid's coming in cold after 59 minutes of gameplay and you you put him in the game granted he had played in different spots during the game but as the starting quarterback here was a Kalani Sitake had to say about Jaron Hall his efforts late in the game against Toledo and also looking ahead to the South Florida game a week after the bye week this week. It was a hard spot spot to throw him into you know but he was ready for it and he's got tons of confidence and then uh there's some things that we can do with him at the quarterback that that uh, gives us a, a little bit of an advantage. But, uh, you know, I'm glad we have another week to get ready because it looks like he's probably going to be the guy going against South Florida. He's going to be the guy, and I like I said on my post-game uh, reaction episode on Saturday, they need to get as many reps as they possibly can for Jaron Hall this week. If they have to maybe practice extra than they were anticipating during a bye week, I would do it. But I'm just an armchair quarterback. I was told I was a Twitter coach on, on social media, on Twitter, about a comment I made during the game about some of the uh, stupid mistakes BYU made, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to make that comment 100 times out of 100 times, and I won't back down from it because BYU continues. Continues to shoot themselves in the foot, and I think most of you guys would agree with that. Now let's get to some of the player uh, comments about this loss. Micah Simon, I well, okay, we'll get to Micah Simon here in a minute. I think he was the biggest one, the biggest quote of the day. But Dion Gonwoleku, after the game, uh, was asked uh, just about what BYU, their mentality going into games like the game against Toledo is, and what he and his teammates think of these games, and here's what he had to say about that. Just don't take any team for granted. Everyone was talking about how four games, the first four games are going to be the toughest, but the season is all, it's all going to be tough. Like, teams aren't just going to come out there and, like, think they're not going to win. Like, everyone's thinking they're going to win. So it's like, well, I'll come out there and every game, every game is going to be a dogfight, and we just got to fight harder. There you go, Diane Gonwoloku. And I think that's the right mentality to have. We have to go into these games thinking it's going to be a battle. These teams are going to get up for us. Toledo is up for BYU. They don't get trips from programs like the Cougars very often to the Glass Bowl. and... I think that they kind of stepped up to that challenge, really embraced it, and really took it to BYU. And Diane who has a great point there. The tough part is, as a BYU fan or an observer or a media member like myself, is you look at BYU and they go into these games, you think, okay, you know what? They should take care of business <clears throat> against a team like this and just roll to a victory. But then they go out and seem to play to the level of that competition and then lose disappointing games. Think of the UMass game in 2017. Think of Northern Illinois, a year ago, seven to six at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This game, twenty-eight twenty-one at the hands of Toledo. You have lost to uh, three MAC teams at the time. Uh, UMass was a MAC team when BYU lost to them in 2017. They've since become an FBS independent, like the Cougars. But just a, a, a gut punch loss for BYU fans because you sit there and you think, you know what? Maybe they'll get over the hump here. Maybe they can do something good, and then they go and just lose a game in disappointing fashion, like they did against Toledo and it's just tough to accept as a BYU fan because I think so many people think okay you know what this used to be a program that they went into games against teams like a Toledo and you knew you you knew okay well Toledo will put up a fight but then the Cougars will put them away and under Klein Sitake, that has not been a hallmark of his tenureship. They do not put teams away for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. It could be the coaching. It could be players being a little laissez-faire about, uh, about things. Who knows? But they need to get back to being the BYU consistent team. You know, you know what? They're just going to go out and take care of business. They just have not done that to this point. Now, final comment I wanted to get to from the postgame, and this was the most damning, I guess you should say, in terms of what the BYU players, some of them, perceive this program as etc. Mike Simon was asked after the game about the loss and here's what he had to say. I for sure told them that that uh you know I'm tired of losing I'm, I'm tired of uh of this feeling and that is definitely a, a gut check for us as a as a team and it's 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 time for everybody to look in the mirror and uh and kind of self-reflect and, and see how much you uh how much you know you kind of you really care about this and how much you know you're going to how much effort you're going to put in the rest of the season to make sure that you don't have this feeling again there you go, Micah Simon, and I think he echoes a lot of what BYU fans would like to hear and or believe about the BYU football program. He is sick of the losing. He has been in this program for five seasons. He's red-shirted. He's put his heart and soul in this football program. He's dealing with a pretty significant knee injury that normally would require some time, some downtime to not play to recover from. He's had the coaches, just, uh, the trainers just tape him up and said, I've got to play. And he is sick of the losing. I think BYU fans, by and large, would completely agree with that comment from Micah Simon and I think that he's right in in regards to you know what I hopefully the guys in this locker room are sick of this and really take a look in the mirror and really decide you know I, I don't want to be this type of player it's, it, it's unfortunate that BYU continues like I said to, to struggle to put teams away that they should put teams away and you can argue with me till you're blue in the face that Toledo is the better program than BYU, they have better athletes, what, whatever you want to argue. BYU had that game in control. They were moving the ball at will. They came up on empty possessions multiple times in the first half when they had opportunities to score. Jake Oldroyd misses two field goals which is very uncharacteristic of him and they got to get some things figured out. They have a bye week here to now go back to the drawing board, make sure that everything works with Jaron Hall. I felt like BYU missed an opportunity to really run the ball a little bit more in this game. Obviously they felt like they could pass the, game, pass the ball with great effect against Toledo and they did move the Ball. Let's be let's be honest about that. They did move the ball, but they lost the game. That's all that matters at the end of the day is the scoreboard. At the end of the day, you look at that scoreboard and it says Toledo 28, BYU 1, and Micah Simon for one is sick of that and he doesn't want to feel that feeling anymore. And I think that most BYU fans would agree with him in that regard. So there you go. Some of the comments concerns, questions, etc. after BYU's loss to Toledo. Thank you to Kalani Satake, Diane Gonuloku, and Micah Simon for speaking with the media after that game. Coming up next, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Got a lot to go on in terms of how the Cougars looked over the weekend and their other sports. Winning weekend by and large, around the other BYU sports programs. We'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about one of today's sponsors on the show, and that's our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local company based right here in Utah County, but also capable of servicing anybody along the Wasatch Front. They don't believe in door-to-door salesmen. You're never going to have All Guard knock on your door and say, hey, you want us to spray for your bugs? They don't believe companies should be bugging you. They offer two unique services does uh, All Guard Pest Control. They offer a quarterly pest control program, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have the peace of mind knowing that they won't have creepy crawly things crawling around. They also offer one-time services as well, so you don't need to sign a long-term contract for just a one-time treatment, guys. They'll make sure that they fit their program for what you want. You want them one time, they'll take care of it. That's no problem at all. They also use the safest products in the industry. They're rated for daycares, hospitals, restaurants, kennels, and vets, so that way you know that they're going to be the safest things around your family and your pets. They also have online reviews that are absolutely incredible. Five-star reviews up and down the board. You can check them out on Google, Yelp, wherever you need to check them out. Their online reviews are the best of the best. They also are the termite experts in Utah County or along the Wasatch Front if you need that type of service. Give them a call, 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com to learn more about this company. Seth Baird and his team, I've gotten to know these guys. They're absolutely fantastic and huge BYU fans to boot. So give them a call, once again, 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. Alright, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, running on everything else that happened in BYU sports over the weekend. The BYU BYU women's cross-country team claimed first place at the Bill Dellinger invitation, while the men's team took second place Saturday at the Pine Ridge Golf Club up there in Springfield, Oregon. So a little bit of a disappointing result for the men's team finishing second after being ranked number two in the country, but a fantastic showing for the sixth-ranked women's team. Congratulations to both teams on the solid showings. Uh, They will be back in action. They'll take a three-week break before returning to action at the pre-nationals invitational in Terre Haute, Indiana Indiana, on Saturday, October 19th. Best of luck to BYU men's and women's cross-country as they continue to train and get ready for the season. BYU women's soccer remains just the only, well actually no, not just the only, they're the only undefeated untied team in women's soccer in the country now. The number 5 ranked women's Cougars rode two goals from Michaela Coolahan to a 4-2 win over UC Irvine Saturday night. UC Irvine actually took the lead one nothing in this before BYU regained control of the match. They'll be opening West Coast Conference play against Santa Clara on Saturday, October 5th out there in Stockton. That'll begin at 2 o'clock Mountain Time and of course we'll have an audio broadcast on the BYU Sports Network. Number 9 women's volleyball rolled to a three sets victory over, uh, over Portland on the road on Saturday. They're now 11-2 and two on the season. Swept their weekend beating both Gonzaga and Portland in WCC action. They have a quick turnaround when they take on LMU tomorrow so uh, October 1st at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, we'll get you more details on the broadcast window for that as it gets a little bit closer here. Actually, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I apologize. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the podcast. One final note for you is a fantastic showing for Peter Quest for the BYU men's golf team. He won the William H. Tucker intercollegiate uh, tournament title Saturday while the Cougars took second place after falling short to tournament host New Mexico in a playoff. It was a fantastic start to the season for BYU golf. Quest fired a combined two. That's a 16 under through three rounds. It's the lowest score ever in the tournament's 65-year history, being the previous record of 201 set in 1992 by Tim Heron. Peter Quest now has eight tournament victories in his BYU career. He's a guy you're going to see playing on Sundays and on the PGA Tour before too long in my mind. Fantastic showing all the way around for BYU. Like I said, losing and just in a playoff to New Mexico who hosted this tournament. They're on the road. They're actually in action today participating in the Nick Watney Invitational today and tomorrow in Fresno, California. Best of luck to men's golf as they compete in that tournament. That'll do it for today's edition of the show. Thanks again to our title sponsor Deseret First Credit Union as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control and Vivid Seats for their continued patronage of Locked On Cougars. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out, Locked On Cougars. Follow me at at Jacob C. Hatch. Or, of course, you can email the show LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys on your comments, concerns, questions. Going to be an interesting week this week with a bye week. No media uh, availability for BYU football. They've shut things down. We'll have some other interviews. We'll get some thoughts from some of the experts about BYU and what they need to do get, to get things turned around. So stay tuned all week long for all of that information. And of course, get back here each and every day for the latest in BYU sports news. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked on Cougars for September 30th, 2019.